We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Danny and Dusty. Merangatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Merang and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. All throws and monkey sounds in there and call it good. The old Danny Merang pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The Fan. Good afternoon. Happy Thursday. (laughs) On Hill, slide into the weekend. Dusty Hera, Danny Meringue. I feel like this is like old school uh, radio here. Back in now, back in the day, back when I interned at 1080 The Fan, and Jason Swigard was my was my mentor at the Fan for all things in my internship. It was we had an update guy, we had a producer, and then we had show hosting. We have that right now because it is you and I, Swag's on the updates, and Will Ortner is running the board and learning how to run the board here. This feels like old school 1080 The Fan radio we have here. Hmm. Except for like one of these guys isn't getting paid. So, and I think it's a revolving door. So either Will's not going to get paid, Swag's not going to get paid, I'm not going to get paid, or you're not going to get paid. It's a revolving door for any given day here. We're probably going to have to take turns. Not in the budget. That tracks. All right. So because most of the budget is on all of the chairs that uh, we have in this building. Yeah. Will I sacrifice your pay for My today? Pay today? Oh darn it! Now I don't get that Big Mac meal. <laughs> oh, do you got a raise? You gotta, <laughs> yeah, you gotta... I, I moved up from the Whopper. <laughs> Dusty and I are in here eating fine, yeah. fine foods, and you're smashing. Hey, Big I'll Mac. tell you what though. I went down. I love to give shout outs to a local company and great mm-hmm. cuisine. Um. I had em- there's this uh, restaurant Emerald Line right mm-hmm. right across the parking lot from us. I had a and this sounds weird, but I was on their lunch menu and I I went all for it. They had grilled cheese sandwich, tomato soup, tomato bisque. It is in, but it just said on that's where we yeah. that's a big distinguishing mm-hmm. factor here is that I was like ah tomato soup and grilled cheese like sounds, sounds good, good right. Sourdough bread, mm-hmm. Tillamook cheese, mm-hmm. and then it was a. I show up and I'm like, oh, 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 baby! It was a bisque and it is delicious. So Emerald Line, a round of applause. It's round sm- of applause. It smells delicious in here because there's a combination of oh. your grilled cheese and tomato soup and my breakfast burrito, and it's just everything's just kind of smacking everything this morning. Yeah, you went uh, the old muchos gracias breakfast burrito. Ooh, that's the way to go, Danny. Yes, a little bit of red sauce. Mm-hmm. 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 Quite delicioso. And Muchos Gracias makes a damn fine breakfast burrito. It, 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 as, as, of, as, of all of the fast food breakfast burrito variants, Muchos Gracias reigns supreme. Ooh, good call. Have you tried Taco Bell breakfast yet? No. That no. is fantastic. No, see, see, your digestive track is very different. It, it, will, it will change in five, six years. Yeah, you got Trust the, me. Buddy, I'll turn into a slip and slide here real quick. <laughs> I was. Listen, at your age... Listen, I, I no problem 
running down to the old T Bell and calling it good. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I, I had I had some the other day here because it was the only thing I could get quick enough. Yeah, and I regretted that for two whole days. Here's my here's my deal with with uh, Taco Bell. I, I sit there and I don't know why, but I will trust McDonald's. I will trust like Burger King. I for some reason in the back of my head, I'm like Taco Bell making my eggs. No, don't tr- don't trust it. You're there's, wrong for that. There's wrong. no reason for me to think that. Is it? It's good though. Very good. That was a uh, quintessential. Right after early morning workouts, head over there at like eight o'clock in the morning, grab some T Bell, then head over to uh, class. See, this is why you. We talked about this yesterday. Ortner's uh, journey to become not a large human being anymore, and he was he's cutting cutting his weight. He's down like forty pounds. Congrats. I'm sure just cutting out that morning trip to Taco Bell breakfast was a big reason why. Cutting out breakfast cost me like 30 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so he's really just down 10. Yeah, I just, I just I eliminated a meal. Call yeah, it good. yeah, pretty much. It was like, hey, you know what? You don't need to have 10 scones and then a whole bowl of cereal and then a breakfast crunch wrap. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say no. No, you no. don't. No, you don't. No, I, like I said, I, I've seen many a lineman put down more calories than anything. It, it's, it's a truly majestic thing when it happens it sure is it sure is i love linemen for that reason they'll except for will being a complete animal which i feel vindicated in my take yesterday (laughs) that he was an animal because your grandfather he got mad at you uh for being the guy laying in the out the aisle of the bus yes he he didn't appreciate it but i I do want to say i can still o-line it out when i need to just uh, about a month ago i got kicked out of applebee's for eating too much of the all-you-can-eat wings so I still got my ace in the hole when I need it. That is such a badge of honor. Like, that is something I truly am jealous of. I've never been that person. I've always been a slow eater, very slow eater, and not a big eater. And that is, like, when I hear people having feats of, you know, eating their, being told to leave and all you can eat because they ate too much, I think that that is, that is so impressive to me. The It's something I could never in. do. The, man, the manager had to come in and strong arm me out. <laughs> it was a very aggressive 60-year-old woman, and she was like, hey, you, you got to go, bud. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Liz came up and grabbed you by the ear and dragged you out of that place. Said, you're going to be a buster. Your time's up. You're out. I could see that happening. But I've always been, a, I've always been like, there's those one things that you can't, that you cannot do. That's one of them. I've never been like a huge, huge eater. That's why I have my, like, I don't like pickles. I will throw up at the taste of pickles, smell mm-hmm. of pickles, because we had it, part of our rookie show was a pickle eating contest. So we had to finish a whole jar of pickles and drink the juice. My body is just like, no, what are you doing, man? I don't have the capacity for you, this. You don't, this isn't how you roll. Yeah. And so I went, Bleh. you do eat slow. You, and you take like little nibbles. I, yeah. my, the, the, the military in me was, very much ingrained and eat as much as you can as fast as you can and be done with it. Yep. And I can, I can house well not, not as much as I used to, but when in my mid twenties, I could put away like a whole large piece and like, like a rotisserie chicken and a rotisserie oh, yeah. chicken. Yeah, no, I, I, there was it's an animal move. Well, I mean, we like, you're like, I don't know. Should I get the pizza or the chicken? Both. Oh, Costco, dude. I grab both. A little, <laughs> a little, Costco little, pizza. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've never been so impressed in my life. <laughs> Danny, you are my hero. This is the guy that got kicked out of Applebee's and is sitting there like, what? Yeah, I mean, you think about it, though. Like, back in those times, I was burning, like, you know, eight, ten thousand 10,000 calories a day just going through absolute hell. It was not hard for me to just absolutely house more food than you've ever seen. Ooh. Man, we got a lot of, uh, on the text line, fan text line, 503-250-1080. You guys can uh, follow along, be a part of the show there. Uh, We got now just a bunch of breakfast burrito recommendations, and I'm here for them. Uh, We've got Tool Truck guys in. It says Don Pedro, uh, Don Chitos. Mm -hmm. Um, Never heard of of Don Chitos before, but Don Pedro's, I have. They are good. Um, Rigoberto's off McLaughlin in Milwaukee. They've got good ones there. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm in. I'm a connoisseur of breakfast burritos. We have no shortage of breakfast burritos, but the thing is, Muchos Gracias is the best overall because you get it quick, and it's very good, and the red sauce smacks. Red sauce is, red sauce is great. You have to have the appropriate sauce. If oh. your sauce is weak, because yeah. there's nothing worse than a dry breakfast burrito. Uh-uh. It, you have no. to have sauce. Yeah, I agreed. Them's the rules. Them's the rules. We didn't, we didn't make them. We just follow them. 503-250-1080. Be a part of the show today. We will have our NFL picks. Jeff Rust is not here, but he has submitted his picks against the spread uh, for this week. We will shortly have the polls up at uh, Danny Dusty on Twitter so you can vote as the listeners are continuing their reign of dominance in the picks uh, this year. Will Ortner will pretend to be uh, Jeff Rust today, so this should be interesting because Jeff Rust is one of a kind. He truly is. He's he's irreplicable. Irreplicable. That was impressive. Irreplicable uh, is one Jeff Rust. Yet yeah, we're going to try to get it with Will Ortner today delivering the picks of one Jeffrey Rust. Uh, so that coming up at 2 o'clock. Uh, we'll start diving into the Ducks and the Beavers as they got big ones this weekend. Ducks head down uh, to the House of Horrors that is Arizona in October. And then uh, the Beavers look to get back on track as they got Stanford this weekend. So we're just getting underway. Uh, where we got to start this bad boy is uh, the walls, they be closing in on that big office at Providence Park. This is Danny and Dusty on 1080. The f- Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there 
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right. Well, little weed news here as uh, the president of the United States of America... He has uh, just, I guess, pardoned uh, thousands of simple possession of marijuana um, p- charges and, and convictions, which is actually pretty good for thousands of Americans, and is now saying uh, we should a- address it nationally. So there's your non-sportsy uh, news there. A little, little news around the world for you on this Thursday. Look at that breaking political news on yeah. the the fan. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that just for simple possession, uh, they got their whole lives and worlds tipped upside down, and now here we are looking at it with several states it being illegalized. That's a big, that's a big story and big news for a lot of folks out there. So um, it is that is worthy of uh, getting a little mention. Let's talk about uh, the continued fallout, though, from the Portland Thorns and Timbers. Uh, to, we we brought on. Bill Orem yesterday of the Oregonian sports columnist there. And he was very definitive in his statements and his claims about Merritt Paulson and his ownership of, of the group and whether or not he should remain the owner, believing that he, he should not. And I think a lot of Timber supporters, including the Army, uh, Thorns, and the Riveters, their two most passionate fan bases for both of the teams, have come out and said he, he needs to sell the team. And I have long long said, even when this first story came out, that nothing is going to really change until it gets hit in the pocketbooks. Well, here we are. Yeah, the first sponsor to actually throw their uh, hat in the ring or pull their hat out of the ring or pull their cheese out of the ring. Hey-o! Uh The good folks out at the Tillamook Creamery, a uh, noted sponsor of the Portland Timbers slash Thorns. Uh, they released a statement this morning to uh, Meg Linehan, stating, at least if I can get it to load back up, my goodness. We well, are dismayed by the findings in the Yates investigation report released by the U.S. Soccer Federation as they are counter our values at Tillamook that prioritize an inclusive culture and workplace where all team members feel respected, safe, and supported. We stand in full support of the Portland Thorns players. We will only reconsider future sponsorship if the organization makes meaningful institutional changes. And this actually sounds very familiar to what we just witnessed uh, three weeks ago with Robert Sarver. We got one notification from uh, PayPal. That was the one that went public. Baxter Holmes and uh, Ramona Shelburne hinted at literally basically every other sponsor of the team, and not just the Suns, but national sponsors of the NBA going, he's got to go. Yeah. And what ends up happening is it just takes one because now now the other sponsors are sitting there looking around going, ah, crap, we got to say something. And what ends up having that little tiny snowball, it rolls down that hill, and there's no stopping it. If one, if one of the other big sponsors, whether it's Providence, whether it's uh, Delta, what, whatever, Alaska, or, Airlines, sorry, Alaska, yeah. uh, if one of them pulls, it's he's done. Well, and 
Tillamook being such a large local company too, mm -hmm. that is going to obviously that was going to be the first one to come down because of the fact of how local it is. It, I mean, it is Tillamook based on the coast, but the they have offices right here in downtown Portland where a lot of their businesses run out of offices in downtown Portland. Like they, the association with the Timbers and the Thorns is something that uh, they did because it, it's one a civic duty because of how ingrained in the community the Timbers and the Thorns are, and Tillamook is. It was a no-brainer for them. It is a massive company. Now you look at Providence. Is Providence going to want to have their name um, across the jerseys uh, and on the side of the building that you have the Timbers and the Thorns playing in? And Alaska Airlines is asking the exact same question. Are, are they going to want to be associated with the uh, Timbers and the Thorns? These are the first two. Uh, I, I wonder if we're going to see, you know, whether it's, Key Bank, uh, or Providence, or uh, uh, or Alaska Air, the Tillamook may be the first. It ain't gonna be the last. Though. No, and that's that's the thing is, uh, this is the first public, uh, uh, I don't know, rock throwing, whatever you want to call it. And w what ends up happening is, like I said, other organizations they they see the reactions, and their companies are slow because they don't want to seem one too far away or the other, even when it's very clear what the response needs to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and so shout out to, Til to Tilmuk. Uh, they did not, they were, they were specific here in their, in their um, criticism. They did say the thorns. Mm -hmm. It did not say, I, maybe they don't have an affiliation directly with the timbers on that side of the marketing, but they said cl very clearly the thorns organization. But again, we talked about this yesterday. The timbers and the thorns are one. The separating of the two is ridiculous. And I, I don't believe that you can stay with one of the teams and the other because the front office ownership, everything is tied so closely together, despite the fact that they play in two separate leagues. And I don't know how they're going to, how this is all going to shake out, but I, you mentioned the, the parallels that it, it runs to the Phoenix Suns. Mm -hmm. And that is, it, it is eerily similar, right? You have an investigation it takes about a little over a year uh, to get it all done, get the ducks in a row. You start finding out that all of the, you know, all of the allegations against the franchise and the ownership and the front office, it, everything that was tied to the Suns, it was not directly tied to Robert Sarver specifically. Not everything. A lot of it was, right? And that is the big difference in this, is that there are a lot of things that were directly tied to Robert Sarver. We didn't have that in the initial report that came out, mm -hmm. right? But there was the seemingly, is there a cover-up? What do we know? As the Yates report comes out after a year, then we find out that, you know, according to the Yates report, that Merritt Paulson did know a lot more than he led on um, when the initial, initial allegations arose. He knew a heck of a lot more, dating back almost a decade, and that is where... Now ownership is in question, right? Because I think there is this pathway of, you know, you could sit there and say, all right, you know, if this is something where it was a coach and it was one member of the front office, you clean, you clean house in your front you office. You could excise that. And, and Merritt Paulson is fine with his ownership of the Timbers and the Thorns, right? The, the sticking point, though, in, in the part that just I was, I, I kept going back to and shaking my head when I was reading it, you know, through, through the H report is the fact that Merritt Paulson 
knew almost, you know what, almost eight years ago of the allegations against Paul Riley and still congratulated his next team for hiring Paul Riley and saying how how close he was to him. That might be the most incriminating thing in here, to be honest, to perpetuate this idea of him being this stand-up guy and congratulations, you deserve it, aw shucks, gee willikers, when you know the literal depths of depravity that was going on. Yeah. You're made directly, and that's, that's the thing to me is not only just fostering the culture, but like letting it go somewhere else. That that part of it, and not only letting it go somewhere else, propping it up. Yeah, it's it, when I, I I love I love this whole idea of the, you've you've seen the meme, the sign. Our standards were low for you, but holy bleep! <laughs> I have not seen. that. Oh, you not seen that? No. Oh God! Yeah. Oh no! I'm sorry. It was our expectations are low, but holy, you know, it was yeah. like I think it was a political sign. Yeah. Um, but it's fantastic, and it has it, it rings so true, like. Ownership, particularly in North America right now, expectations are so low, but you're you're managing to go under those. Yep. It's like, come on, man. Well, and uh, here's a, here's an interesting one um, that Alaska initially they did release that statement because uh, P P1 Rufio says Alaska did release a statement saying they're going to reevaluate the sponsorship at the end of the contract year. That was the that was like two days ago. Mm-hmm. That was on Tuesday that they released that statement where they're waiting for. That was the initial response from like PayPal and crypto and all those companies that were involved with uh, with the Phoenix Suns. N- then when the dust settles a little bit and they see they see they look around the, and they go oh. reading the room after a couple of days and seeing if it's gonna keep up. Like if the dust settles and you know people aren't that upset, then. You know, of course, I could see Alaska sticking around with with the Timbers and the Thorns because they have been really good partners, working hand in hand with one another. But if they're still kicking up dust and this thing go, drags out weeks, which is which was the Phoenix Suns yep. or situation, that is when uh, they they go, all right, we got to cut this thing out and we got to do it in a hurry. And then this is all just an evaluation process for Tillamook. They cut they cut clean and they did it in a hurry. Yep. That opens up a whole lot more though for these other companies that have bigger contracts. With the Timbers and, and the it puts the onus on them. And what ends up happening was, when the Suns thing started happening, I was talking to a few people behind the scenes in the league office, and they said, listen, as much as you're hearing right now, it's just the tip of the iceberg of what's going on behind the scenes. And I was like, oh, oh. so this is, I started to back off Adam Silver because basically what he did with Sarver was toss him to the wolves. Here's mm-hmm. what we can do, but then behind the scenes, get him. That's what they did. I would imagine... If Don Garber has any sense, he's going, there's just no possible way where we can keep him. And we have to f- use external pressures, i.e. sponsorships, business, money reasons, to get him out. Because here's the thing. Whether it's the MLS, the MLB, NBA, NFL, no owner wants other owners looking in their closets. Because 99.9% of them, it, it, it's not just bodies. It, it's the bodies and depravity. That's, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, that's just the, the nature of this. So the other owners, more often than not, unless there's the video or audio of Donald Sterling saying wildly racist things, you need that smoking gun. And unfortunately, even though the, the circumstances with the, the Timbers and the NWSL, in gen- or not the Timbers, the Thorns and the NWSL uh, in general are very bad, there's no video. There's no audio. It's a lot of 
not necessarily he said, she said, because there's provable things in there, but yeah. also there's that part of it. So you're going to have to rely on the money side of this, and you're going to have to rely on, and unfortunately, the leadership of both the NWSL and the MLS to just kind of steamroll them behind the scenes. I, all, all of this is surrounding the Thorns, but obviously we know about the uh, Timbers as well, right? With mm-hmm. the uh, with the allegation and accusation that the team tried to silence one of the players' wives on a on a domestic dis- abuse. Yeah, they got that one you know? on video or on audio with a lawyer. That one's that's bad. Yeah. But most of most of the and, and really these findings that we're talking about with the Yates report is is around the Thorns yes. organization, right? Well, I wonder what if it will appease the Timbers fan base if Paulson ends up just selling one of the two. If he just sells the Thorns because that's where most of this is coming from, is that going to be good enough for Timbers fans? I don't think so. I've, I mean, we've already seen there's no the I supporter mean, groups on both sides. Right. The Timbers and Thorns are like, now nah, you got to go. And, and that's where this thing could get even more sticky as well if he refuses to do that because guess what the MLS is starting to do now? Make money. Yes. And that's, starting to make a lot of money. And that's the thing is, Merritt, I mean, in his head, he's going to rightfully fight this uh, because of that point. Like now it's he, he did the legwork to get through the early years of the MLS, and now that's going to start making money. He's going to be forced to sell. But that's the whole point. It, you're, you're unfit for ownership, regardless of it's a NWSL or a MLS or a pickleball team. Yep. Like they don't want you owning anything. Because right now, your fan base has turned on you, and your sponsors are starting to. Yep. 503-250-1080. Is the answer to parody in the NFL easier than we think? Here's Will with SportsCenter. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Okay, I was uh, making this point the other day that we have, depending on the outcome on Monday of that uh, Monday Night Football game, if the Niners won, which they did, we now have 15 teams that are 2-2 two and two in the NFL right now. And with 15 teams at 2-2 two and two in the NFL, I was raving about the parity. We've had also 23 games through the first four weeks of the season that have been decided by three points or less mm-hmm. across the NFL. It is a league where one undefeated, okay? And I think what we, we only have one winless team now, right? Um, in the NFL, and it's the Texans that are 0-3-1. Yeah. You have one undefeated, one winless team, and 15 teams that are all 2-2 two and two and in a huge cluster in the middle, right? Everybody's yelling parody, parody, parody. Tom Brady, Tom Brady has a very different answer to what the parody he's seeing across the NFL. I think there's a lot of bad football from what I watch. You know, <laughs> I watch a lot of bad football, a lot of yeah, poor quality of football. That's what I see. <laughs> I don't think he's wrong. He's not, and that's the thing is, we've I think we've we're, we've reached the edge of preseason no playing and you're yep. seeing teams going okay maybe we can't do this maybe you can't have a like no runway into the regular season and there's gonna be a course correction next See, year but i also think i i will also go against that in in the fact that you now have 17 regular season games so you have one extra opportunity right 
expanded playoffs gives you a bigger chunk of teams that can go back in because they're going to want more money, right? And and so you have a little bit more leeway now as to, all right, can we have a reg- one regular season game? The perfect example of this is the Cincinnati Bengals, I just right? Said it's the Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals went without their, their preseason, and they said, all right, we're going to – Joe Burrow had appendicitis. He's, we're not going to rush him back. We'll go no preseason games at all for him. And then that first game, he got sacked seven times. Everybody's like, didn't they just buy a, like a brand-new offensive line to keep him upright? And it looked like it was a big egg-on-their-face moment. Well, guess what? Joe Burrow and the Bengals, since then, it, it was going to take time. You needed to have patience with it. And they are working out a heck of a lot better than they were week one. They had some kinks to, to get out. But it just cost them one game, right? And in the grand scheme, is one game going to cost them their playoff? It used to, and that used to be the great part about the NFL. I wonder how much the expanded playoffs in an extra week uh, take into account that. And that's the thing is, while you do get that extra game, that extra game is also the difference between a middle-of-the-tier team making or missing the playoffs. Yep. And that's the thing, and you never know what injuries are going to do. And that, that, you, you can operate it as a risk mitigator, or it can be a risk escalator. Yeah. Because that, that, that could be a game in hand that you get if you come out hotter than other teams before injuries start piling up and you don't know the variability that comes up in the schedule and, and, and those injuries. Or, like you said, you can use it as a soft launch, a soft opening for your NFL season, and use that as your, your kind of final preseason game to kind of get tuned. I think it depends on the approach from the team. But in general, I think you can see that most NFL teams this year were like, nah, we're good. And guess what? Lopping off that one preseason game hasn't really changed and affected the injury rate, right? Look at how many guys are getting injured right now. You know what the big difference yeah. is? They want, to get, they want to get paid their regular season stipend for that game if they're going to get injured. Yes. <laughs> That's the biggest difference between any of it. And the, these guys are okay with that. They're, they're okay with, you know, if you get that injury – in a regular season game, well, one, you got plenty of time to to come back from it, and two, you're going to be getting your regular season chunk, not a preseason uh, a bit of coin in that game that you get hurt. This, I, I also find that what we're seeing with the great franchises, like I was listening to a, a podcast with Von Miller on it, and Von Miller's usage is way down this year. He, play, he plays about half the snaps with Buffalo Bills. And he's 33 years old. Mm-hmm. He has a multi-year deal in Buffalo. And you're sitting there and looking at a guy that, going, well, why would you only pay, use the guy half the time? I think coaching staffs are knowing on these good teams, these great teams, they're figuring out how to use guys in spots and conserve these veterans for later in the year instead of wearing them all out. How many times have we seen you know teams with a bunch of vets on them come out like gangbusters at the beginning of the year but as the over the course of what was a 16 week season is now 17 week regular season those guys start wearing down more and more and at the end of the year they're a completely different team than they were at the beginning of the year the Pittsburgh Steelers a couple years ago great example of this right yes. where everybody's like oh this is kind of a fraudulent what they started 11 and 0 and then and then down the stretch well you're starting to see teams like buffalo are going you know what we don't need to use von 95% of the time or 80% of the time. If we use them 50% of the time now, 
and we ramp him up at the end of the year to where when he is in the uh, back end of the season, when it is playoff time, we've got a fresh Von Miller that we can throw at guys and we can still use our young guys the way that we, we have been. That is how teams are kind of conserving their energy throughout the course of the year, and that's what the great teams with depth are going to do. What is going to be the ultimate struggle, though, and it's that's why football is a war of attrition, is that, say, Von Miller stayed in L.A., and he was with the Rams this year, right? With the rash of injuries that they had on the and are having on their offensive line, which continues to get guys injured <laughs> every single week, it seems like somebody new on that offensive line is on the injury report. That would it would colossally backfire to ramp up Von Miller that way. You, it's like this war of attrition. Health and luck play such an incredibly important role in the NFL uh, season at the back end of it. But right now, at the very beginning, what Tom Brady is saying is right. We are seeing a lot of bad football because they're not playing in the preseason, and you're seeing a lot of these guys get ramped up, knowing that the NFL season used to be a sprint through 16 games. It's now a marathon to see who can get through it the most. I think it's a really interesting way to look at how the NFL's changed by adding one playoff team and one regular season game. Yeah, no, it's again. I, I'm thinking about keep going back to the whole idea of how different franchises ultimately decide to use this going forward because this is kind of the first measuring stick of getting integrated into 17 games. The idea of does a team operate like a Cincinnati, or is it more important for a young team? This is kind of a bad example, but I'm going to use them. Let's say a Seattle, let's say they're not playing Denver, but it's an opening seat game and you've got a bunch of young guys and you know in the back end of the season, it's not going to matter to you. Do you concentrate more on the front end of your schedule of like, let's, let's set a tone, let's get like culture-wise, let's kind of establish some things as opposed to a more veteran team that's worried about injuries where you focus on it. I think it adds another layer just to how NFL teams choose to go about this. Because I don't think there's any right or wrong way to go about it because of so much variability with injuries, with scheduling, with how things a team can get hot or a team can get cold. I think everybody invariably wants to be like, oh, you want to come out of the gates hot. Or do you want to be the team like the New York Giants when they upset the Patriots and be the team that peaks at the right time? Does it matter if you start out like hell? No, not no. necessarily. But you don't want to go on three. But, <laughs> like... But the whole idea of like how that goes, like there's again, there's so much variability. The NFL is the most unpredictable beast in in professional sports in North America, yeah. because of injuries and because singular plays are so so important. And I, I think you look at that, and it becomes about holistically your approach, and you just kind of have to go with it. And if it doesn't go your way, did you necessarily make the wrong choice? No. Here, here's a great example. If the math says to go for the two-point conversion, you go for the two-point conversion, you don't get it, does that mean the math was wrong? Does it mean the approach no. was wrong? No. no. So it's about process over results in the long term and how you choose to go about that. And that's that's why I looked at, you know, John Harbaugh got a ton of flack for going, going for it on fourth. Fourth, fourth and goal from the three, and Lamar Jackson ends up throwing an interception on what was an insane play by Jordan Poyer to even get get there and make that play. But and, and now he is criticized for it um, because you threw the ball there instead of running where even if you run the football right on the three yard line, you say we've got Lamar Jackson. Uh, we feel like we can get a push and we can we can run the ball and get it in. If you don't get it, they're still backed up. Whereas you throw that interception back in the end zone. Jordan Poyer falls down. It's a, you know, a touchback, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
that then you're looking at it completely differently. But um, the fact that he trusted his guys to execute and make the play, make the play, and we're not having that conversation. If they if they make that play and Lamar Jackson throws that ball earlier, are we having because there were guys open? There are two guys open. Are we having that conversation about whether or not it was a good, right, or wrong call for John Harbaugh? Everybody be like, look at the balls on Harbaugh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> look at this guy. Somebody go get his wheelbarrow. Yeah, this guy has an analytic. And remember, he was the toast of the NFL a couple of years ago for having an analytics guy in the booth reading out of a binder saying, hey, go for it. Don't go for it. And consulting you know, his analytics guy, well, he, he did the exact same thing right there, and it ended up being a knock on John Harbaugh. No. It was the right move. It was the right call. You got to execute, and if they do, then Baltimore probably wins that game and hands um, the the Bills their second loss of the year. Five zero three two five zero ten eighty. That is the fan text line. Okay, uh, from the NFL to the NBA, uh, the NBA player to punch a teammate first in twenty twenty two was the most obvious pick. Um, who he punched was not Danny Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. All right, Draymond Green may get uh, punished by the Warriors because uh, in a shocking turn of events, he punched a teammate. (laughs) I mean, is it shocking? No, it's the most, like, this is the most believable thing of the NBA's preseason is that uh, Draymond Green, if you had money on Draymond Green, which I bet was minus like 5,000 for first NBA player to punch a teammate. Uh, Draymond Green got upset and punched Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole is a little bit surprising that he was the first guy to get punched. Not entirely. I've I've heard he's a guy. I mean, listen, Jordan Poole is the same guy when he sees some tens on the sideline, tends to get more shots up. The, The guy plays basketball like he's trying to bag IG hotties every single time he touches the ball. No, oh, I like that. Listen, I mean, it's it's pretty well known. Uh, he, he, if you were a single NBA player, you'd probably do the same listen, thing. Listen, if I was about to be worth $100 million, yeah, I would too. <laughs> uh, I mean, he turned into prime Steph in the playoffs when a, a couple IG models were sitting courtside. So, um, you know, good for him. I, I, am, I am not knocking the grind. But um, the... Uh, Oh, God, what's Jamie Foxx's character in Any Given Sunday? Uh, Willie Beeman. Yes. The Stephen Willie Stephen Beeman, Beeman has a way of pissing off people. Yeah. Remember Lawrence Taylor? Or was it, was it LL Cool J? No, like, no it, was, it was Lawrence Taylor that cut his Hummer in half. Yes. The chainsaw. Yes, he did. Think of Draymond Green as Lawrence Taylor in this. The, the staunch old defensive vet, maybe knocked around a few too many times, but letting the young guy know you're crossing some lines. Yeah. Our, I'm stunned that we, we still get... Uh, surprised when any of these fights happen with guys in professional sports. There is a lot of ego. There's a line, though. There is a lot of of S-talking that happens, especially in preseason when all this happens. If it's happening, you know, like in the NFL in Week 10, yeah, now you got a problem. If it's happening in the NBA in February, yeah, then it's a problem. But... Part of training camp is you're going against the same guys over and over again, and you start getting on each other's nerves. You guys are with each other for so damn long, and you it is a long hours, long days. You start your your whole routine is screwed up. It's not a regular season routine that you find, and you're getting a groove. Everybody, everything about a training camp and a preseason is 
to kind of mix up your rhythm in everything that you normally do. And Draymond and Jordan Poole getting into an argument, like, I get it. Like, uh, these these sorts of things happen. Uh, I mean, there have been plenty of times where, you know, remember when they used to do the, the, the closed doors and they would have, like, the at the Blazers facility and they still had, like, the blinds that you could see through mm-hmm. from the media room and you could hear the yelling and the screaming <laughs> at each other during practice. And then, whoa, 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 you know, and it usually nothing happens, whatever. The guys get separated. That's kind of where it happens. This one just escalated to Draymond punching a guy. The one that I think I go back to where, like, again, these happen pretty regularly. Like, in every training camp, because, again, you talked about it. Ego, competitiveness. I mean, we, we see it significantly more in the NFL because it's a more physical sport and there's more cameras. Mm-hmm. In the NBA, it's all behind closed doors. They've locked this stuff up for the most part. Where it becomes a problem is when somebody crosses a line that goes from, like, practice scrap to Bobby Portis literally sending Nikola Miritich to the hospital. Mm, yes, that is different. He, he caved his face in. Yeah. I, he completely collapsed his orbital bone. Like, But I've also heard the stories that it may have been coming. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's one of those situations like, eh, these I, sorts of things happen. I'm you just can't injure a guy, and then you're going to get in trouble. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I this is going to be I don't know controversial, but or not necessarily cancel worthy. But I'm of the attitude of uh, you know when people say violence doesn't solve problems, <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, I would like to point to all of world history. Well, I don't think it's really solved many of the problems. Sure, it has. <laughs> I don't think it, it has. Sure, Danny. it has. I think a lot has. of people have gotten a lot more angry because of it. Well, but the problem—the original problem was solved. No, not at all. I mean, I, I, I'd argue <laughs> otherwise. It solves most of my problems. See, <laughs> I, love, I love how it's like, no war. Look at war. Every, everything's fine. You know, everything is if everything is totally okay. I didn't say it was okay. I just that that exact problem was solved. No, no, that's actually the entire reason that we're having another war in Ukraine right now. Well, not we, Russia and Ukraine, yeah. Ukrainian, and whoever are. wins, that their problem is solved in that moment. Oh, no, it's just putting the problem off a little bit further. In that moment, it's solved. <laughs> but on a team. And here's the thing, here's the thing in a team setting though like when you have Draymond Green and Jordan Poole uh, look I love that everything that ESPN was showing about like this fight right they were like had their arm around each other and they're laughing and they're giggling and Jordan Poole's crying you know after they won the championship and it's like Draymond's like yeah this is what it's about like you're sitting there and you're seeing how close that they can be well like they get into this one scuffle they're going to be okay. Like, this, in all likelihood, they will be okay again. And this won't be a rift that, that continues because, like, the point to your point in with the, the team fights is that, look, sometimes brothers go through some stuff, right? My, yes. brother, my brother and I got into a scrap where he was sitting on top of me slamming my head into the stairs one time. Guess what? Still love him. <laughs> it happens. These, these things happen sometimes, and... Like most most of the time when these fights go go down and they and they happen in a practice, they're gonna end up being fine, just fine. And mo- actually, majority of them we never even hear about. We heard about this one, which may and it's mostly because Draymond has a history, man. And, and anytime it's Draymond, it's that much more of an explosive story 
because of the history that he's had with verbal spars with teammates that he didn't like. Not physical ones, the verbal ones like he had with, you know, Kevin Durant is a great example of that, right? They still turned out, uh, were able to win a championship, even though they didn't get along. What we do know about Poole and Draymond is that they did get, they do get along because we've seen it. They they went on their podcast together afterwards and like talked openly about it. See, there you go. Sometimes those things happen and he wasn't, he wasn't hurt. He didn't, he didn't get that Bobby Portis treatment that you were talking about. That one was brutal, though, because there was just bad everything going on. Oh, Portis damn near killed the man. With that with that Bulls team at that time, that whole uh, – they were just an absolute dumpster fire um, when it came to how that team was constructed and those guys getting along, which those are the tales, man, that they, they should have like a, an encyclopedia of if these walls could talk, how NBA teams never lived up to potential because they hated each other. That would be a fascinating, you know, 30 for 30 of the teams that had all the talent in the world, but they just hated each other so much they couldn't, they couldn't put it together to win. I mean, you go back and even, even the Jordan doc that's supposed to make Jordan look good, Jordan knocked the crap out of Steve Kerr. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, he did. Like, <laughs> I mean, Steve has a very punchable face, yeah. but, like, this happens. The best of the best, the worst of the worst, like... I wish I could just get across to just everyday fans who don't get an opportunity to be around these guys. And I don't mean this in a bad way. Their egos fill entire rooms. Yeah. And you're putting them in close quarters all the time. Yep. And over, and they spend more time with their teammates than they do their families. And you have guys fighting for tens of millions of dollars. There is going to be altercations in the best of circumstances. It's yeah. literal livelihoods on the line. If you're not willing to fight for that in that world, what are you willing to fight for? That's a great point. I'm just over here still chuckling. You, I, the, we, that was our first glimpse of like military Danny. <laughs> 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 yes, it does. <laughs> I've, I've been there. I've seen it. <laughs> All right, 503-250-1080 is the fan text on. Uh, let's get uh, back into football, shall we? Uh, we've got big identity weeks for both the Ducks and the Beavs in different directions. This is Danny and Dusty on 1080 The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 